at his uh, funeral, it says in the, the local paper that uh, uh, like a thousand people should have both white and black. And they all came together because this man was so respected, born a slave. And, and, and here he was at when he, di- he passed away at 72 years old in 1872. He employed 100 people. You know, it was just fascinating. But his 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 headstone was completely black. Couldn't read whose name was it. Nothing. And it, it took about six months to, to clean that one. Wow. It's one of my favorite ones. But you learn about these people and uh, their life stories and everything. And I, I tell you, any thoughts of any PTSD or past trauma go right out the window. Battleline podcast. I think you guys are really going to love this episode with Bobby Myers. I mean, this is truly, I would say, a feel-good story. There, there is some tragedy within this story, but it is, by and large, very positive. Man, so retired law enforcement, um, and he currently restores neglected and damaged headstones of veterans and other people as well, which you're going to yeah. learn. Um, but man, if you're a new listener or a new viewer, we've been getting a ton of new people on YouTube. We are now actually at 4,000 subscribers on YouTube, which I think is pretty freaking cool. So, uh, if you're not already subscribed, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment. Um, you know, and, uh, if you're on the audio platforms, leave a review, all that stuff helps. Uh, I got to tell you before we get into everything though, I am always getting a great night's sleep and I wasn't always someone who got a great night's sleep. And uh, I was speaking with Rhett from Ned about it recently, man. It is the combination of exercise, healthy lifestyle, and Ned supplements. That's just the truth. With over 700 five-star customer reviews, Ned's Mellow Magnesium is an instant hit. Nourish your entire body with Ned's proprietary super blend with three forms of chelated magnesium, GABA, L-theanine, and over 70 trace minerals. It propels memory, mood, brain function, stress response, nerve and muscle health, and of course, sleep. About 75% of Americans are deficient in sleep. So if that's you, if you don't feel well rested, you need Ned. And even if that that isn't you, man, you're going to find some great products on their website when it comes to the bomb, CBD. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just check it out. And they, they give great explanations of what you could use all of their products for. And I consider all of Ned's products premium products, truly. It's better than anything you're going to find on the shelves of uh, your local vitamin store or Walmart or any of that. So Ned's Mellow Magnesium is now available on Amazon, but you're going to get a better deal through us when you're a first-time customer and you go to helloned.com slash battleline or just enter the code battleline at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash battleline. If you're a longtime listener, you've heard us talk about Ned forever. And if you haven't been on board already, I'm telling you, I don't know what you're waiting for. Go there now, helloned.com slash battleline. With that, we're going to get right into this episode with Bobby Myers. From Kansas City to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switches on. 
mother I'm gonna shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The Switch is on Battle Line Podcast. Joining us for the first time, Bobby Myers, retired law enforcement, runs the Our Heroes Headstones Instagram. And for one man, it's it's a pleasure and an honor to have you on. But I was saying to Chris offline um last week, the reason I decided to reach out to you, um, I guess as as the civilian of of the you know group, uh I've met so many people over the years, not not even necessarily from this podcast, from previous podcasts and I think people, I don't know what it is, I guess doing the podcast tend to confide in me certain things. And I meet so many fellow civilians who are into this whole world and they'll always say, my one regret is that I didn't join. And they're like carrying around this regret. And when I see what you do, I mean, you are a guy who served in law enforcement, but you just want to tell people like, you don't necessarily have to serve. You could be doing God's work, which is what you're doing without being there uh, overseas. So we really appreciate what you do. And I'm looking forward to getting into it. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it, uh, Chris and Ian. I, 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 it's an honor to be on on the podcast with you. Uh, all right, and and just be yourself. Let's let's uh, <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about deliverance. I think that that got break the ice. If you haven't done a lot of these, Bobby, and I, I don't know, there's other podcasts that maybe they're a little bit re- regimented. Ours aren't. Man. We just talk. And right. We talk, it's just like you and I sitting having a beer. I mean, and if I had a beer, I'd be having it with you. I'm having my I'm having my Arnie Palmer right now because Have it's daytime. Green tea. Got to got to have it, but uh. Yeah, we were just talking before we went on. Uh, Ian's never seen be- Deliverance. And me and Bobby being old farts were like, holy, how have you never seen Deliverance? And we were talking about the Ned B- Beatty scene where squeal like a pig. And I you know, I, I thought, well, let's get into this anyway. Because I, I just don't see how somebody could do that scene. I said, you'd have to pay me a buttload. And that, that's a pun in there somewhere if you've seen Deliverance. that You had to pay me a buttload of money to do that scene. But, you know, talking about growing up... When you saw Deliverance and you watched it, I know we're getting off subject a little bit, but I like to talk about it. But it gets into his background because yeah, he was it, mentioning it because I said, uh, where yeah. are you from? And, and that's where it, yeah. You're, you're from. So we're going to get to that. But when you saw that first, I mean, I got, I got, I still get uncomfortable when I see that scene every once in a while. Tell me your deliver when you saw Deliverance and that's when Burt Reynolds was, was, you know, no hair, no facial hair, look good looking guy. And you had uh, John Voight on there, it was young as hell. And, it, but when you saw it, man, what did you think? Especially being from that area, you—you, you, I said you're—you're you're from that area, right? I'm like you- from right in that area. It's a, a <laughs> town called Mountain Rest. It was filmed on the Chattooga River. Now, if, if nobody's familiar with the, the movie, filmed in 1972, John Voight, uh, uh, Burt Reynolds, Ned Beatty, it, it, really fantastic actors. But early in the yeah. career, like is before you know Reynolds had his toupee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had, I don't and, think and, he had his mustache yet. Uh, and, uh, it's, so it's, it's about these four Atlanta businessmen that go up to the mountains where I'm from. And it's the, the river that divides South Carolina and Georgia. Okay. And it's, it's a beautiful river. It's, it's wild and scenic river. Uh, just the best hike and the best, uh, uh, whitewater raft in, in, in Eastern United States, maybe in all United States. It, so, uh, these four Atlanta businessmen go, go up in the mountains and, uh, they kind of get uh, accosted by some locals we'll just say it that way without giving away the rest of the movie but there is a 
a bad scene in the movie where where one of the actors, Ned Beatty, uh, is uh, accosted. Accosted to say it gently, to put it put it to nicely. say it gently. And for <laughs> its time, 1972, it, it's it's very graphic, and yeah. nobody had ever had filmed anything like that before. So here it and it's uh, the famous scene, squeal like a pig, and all that. That's where that's from. So Ian was asking me where I'm from, and that that's exactly where I'm at. It's it's a uh, right on the Chattooga River. I'm about two miles from the Chattooga River, and so, is Hollywood yeah. was Hollywood on that stereotype, man? I mean, toothless. I mean, that's what it was going for. The toothless inbred right. redneck playing the banjo. I forget the the the, the, the I don't know for the, I know the song, but I don't know the name of it. But dueling banjos, dueling banjos. Right. Yeah. All right. So so <laughs> I know. I guess I was would would. Was there any uproar in your area? I mean, oh, I mean back yeah. then, there, there's thick. There, we have thicker skin back in the old good old than now. Now there'd be like, holy shit, you're you're racist, you're stereotype. But back then, was it like, eh, it's just. Did anybody give a shit? Did anybody did care? They, oh yeah, this. Oh, is, did this, they really? This is a source of contention to this day in my town. No, okay, talk about that. I want to know about that. Oh man, yeah. so there, it's not a big town, but our 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 county is about the size of Miami Dade County. It's huge. Okay. But it, there's only 75,000 people. It's, it's pretty rural, wow. yeah. very mountainous and foothills, gorgeous, gorgeous country. And uh, the, the, the people there, were, we're very proud of where we're from sure. and very proud of our, our natural resources and beauty and everything else. Uh, and so when the movie came out, people were, were devastated. They, they didn't they've never seen anything like that before. And to get back to your question, I saw it when I was 14. And when that scene came up. I, you couldn't stop thinking about it. it it was i was i would never see anything like that before in my life and i had questions that I, to this day there are still not answers like why did he give it up so easy <laughs> what so, <laughs> and he did ian you gotta watch this movie it's on netflix i'll start what yeah why didn't he fight back a little bit i mean yeah you know because the other two were fighting and burt reynolds finally puts an arrow through through one of the dudes dudes heads but. right yeah, yeah, you reminded me because you know, being being myself being a ranger, and we spent a lot of time up in North Georgia, up in Delonica is one of our and training up, yeah. up, but yeah, it's not too far from because okay. you're right around the Tennessee Valley divide, not too, and it is beautiful up there. I I wish I could have gone fishing; I would have been better fishing up there than what I was doing because I was starving and hungry. But I I do something because we got off subject. We talked about it, and I always wonder about it because you know, with all these movies that come out, and everybody gets offended this, everybody gets offended that. Because if you, if you don't include a, an African American or Mexican American, but then I'm like, well, well, now you have to have like a trans. Uh, well, now you, you got to have a trans African American. Yeah, everything. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, Deliverance, man. It, so it was okay to make fun of white people then back up up in the mountains, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, how? That's bullshit. That's why I'm glad you, because I wanted to talk to somebody who actually lived there. It's good oh, to man. hear that y'all said y'all were like no this is horse shit because i mean i've spent a lot you know i i spent up time in north georgia and tennessee on places and i ain't never met anybody like that i said that's is that movie movie but that's typical hollywood for the most part i mean there's good people in hollywood. i've met some i've met some i yeah. believe me we talk about them on the show but that's hollywood for you man and for but sure. the movie itself i I don't know. I, I still, it's still a fun movie. I mean, oh, yeah. and it still is a, it's, it is, it's, 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 it's roller coaster ride. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I, I, it, it's, it's a, you will never forget the movie you've ever no. seen. <laughs> no, so, it's like, I, all I was going to say is, you know, Bobby was explaining to me when we connected, because this is kind of cool as well, where you were 
saying I'm here in my RV, but you also live full time in a log cabin. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I have a 110 year old log cabin built in 1915 uh, on about three acres. It no no internet or anything like that, but I live there half the time, and then half the time I I travel the country in in my RV here, and and I go to mostly rural smaller towns, and I'll I'll, I'll upkeep their cemeteries or or usually it's via invite or something like that. But it, it I I'll I'll do a lot of outdoor stuff in this, and and not living in the van, but got living out of the van. Yeah, living out of the van. Travel, that's cool. Travel. Yeah, Dylan, who does some work with us sometimes, he he's got an RV and he loves doing that stuff. I, we're gonna get into like our heroes headstones because I, I, that's the main thing we want to talk about. But I know you're gonna be mad if I don't mention this, and I, and it actually is pretty cool. You were saying that you do have some somewhat of a connection with Chris, and that you guys were both in the Giant Killer documentary. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've been following Chris, and Chris has been one of my heroes for years. And I, you know, yeah. I ain't no hero. Don't know you. I, I'm, I, know. I am I'm, so fully. I'm the biggest full of shit more than anybody else, Bobby. <laughs> Me and you, even more than you, brother. So, th- th- thank, thank you for saying that. But you know, yeah. you don't, need to, you don't need to say that to me. I know he. No, I'm but just, it, just, he's a man I give a lot of respect to, and uh, I, who I followed for years. So I worked with a guy named David Usick mm-hmm. down in yeah. South Florida, Miami Dade County, and we knew a guy. He was four foot nine. If, if you don't know the story, he was four foot nine, ninety-seven pounds. His name was Richard Flaherty. Yep. And uh, we just always heard he was a veteran, but he was a homeless uh, gentleman that lived on the on the streets down there. And, you know, he had his issues and but he was he was never dirty. He was never unkempt or anything like that. Very prideful, uh, small, small man, but uh, fully proportioned, though. And uh, he I've knew I knew this man for 20 years and uh, with along with David. But we, it, it was always a casual. How you doing? that kind of thing well david actually befriended this this gentleman uh richard and we called him little richard and he found out some information about richard that blew everybody away uh to this day i I, man i have so many regrets that i I should have uh, done something helped him out something but he he wouldn't have accepted help to to begin with but dave really went out of his way to 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 befriend richard and lo and behold, uh, not to give anything away, Richard was was tragically killed as Dave was uh, uh, filming this documentary. Well, I, well, and we can talk about because Dave's documentary is out. People see the Netflix and stuff. But, I, you know, it, it was from what I understand, because I didn't know Mr. I didn't know Sergeant Sergeant Flanner. I didn't. And uh, I just was on their documentary because of there's there's still questions on his death nefarious oh, questions being being government responsibilities which hinges hence why i was there is because of what happened to me and so I, when you when you were there and, and you're going through it and, you, and he died did you did did david say anything that or did you guys think did something smell not smell right when it happened or oh, was it yeah. just uh, this homeless guy that that died because can you talk a little bit about that? I don't think we're going to give away the the documentary by any means, and and I think David, you know, it's, I, I love David, so any promotion to help him out, and we need to get him on the show too. Um, yeah. But yeah, what did when that happened when he died? What I mean, kind of go through it, but then what did you feel like? Because that's that's the tone I got. It's like, man, there's some nefarious things going on here. Somebody killed him that from the gov- government, or I don't know, I don't know. What did you think? 
Absolutely. Uh, this didn't come out in the documentary. I spent about four hours with David interviewing for the documentary. Okay. I, I believe I'd, I'd mentioned this in the documentary. I'd, I'd seen Richard about two, about a, eight, nine days before his passing. And he'd, he'd come to the police station. And I, at the time I had long hair. I was, I was, I was uh, a sergeant for our undercover unit. And, uh, but he met me on the front. He, he didn't like to talk to many police, uh, people. He very respectful of, of, of the police, but it was, he had his favorites and he did ask for David. And I was, I, it wasn't David's, uh, uh, he was off. Yeah. I, yeah. He was, he was a, a light duty at home, I believe. But Richard came to me. He was all beat up to just come, just tore up, just as you know, lumps. And you can see he, he had gotten in a fight. I said, Rich, what happened to you? And he was like, oh, you know, the, the government came and, and they beat me up. Uh, I've, I've been doing some stuff for them. And he kept saying about the State Department. Yeah. He always yeah. mentioned the State Department. And uh, I, now this is, I didn't believe him. And I, I, I'm ashamed to say that now. I, I was like, well, you know, I, let me know. and I'll uh, give, give us a call. I'll come out there and help you fight them next time. And, but he didn't, he never mentioned names. He never mentioned why they'd beat him up, but he wanted to give me some information and more, more or less, he wanted to give David some information, uh, but I said, I'll, I'll pass it on. And I did uh, later that day. I was like, Hey, David, uh, Richard came out out here to see you. And uh, you know, a week and a half later, he, he's passed away and, and he had some files with him when, when he wow. came to the police department, he had this whole file and he opened it up. And he's like, I have this information here. Um, and I, I didn't take it. I was like, you know, Richard, I, I, that's, that's not really what I'm doing right now. And this is a gentleman I knew for 20 years and, but I was doing other things, other mm. job in the agency. And I said, I, and I was just, I quite frankly, I was too busy. And I thought, you know, he just, he just needs to take his meds. And, uh, and, but I, I think to this day, and it's one of my regrets I have in life is that I did not pay more attention that day, what he had to show. So, yeah. Um, but, and then a week and a half, two weeks later, he, he's, he's uh, run down by a, a in w- weird, weird, weird uh, circumstances, was run down in, at four in the morning and left on the side of the road. But to get back, we didn't know this, and Dave under, uh, uh, uncovered all this. He, four foot nine, it's like, well, you know, these guys, maybe they're a mechanic. We knew he was a veteran at the very least. We knew he was a veteran. Like oh, maybe he's a mechanic, maybe you know, paper pusher, something like that. No, I mean this guy was hardcore. He was first off, he was the military's uh, smallest uh, person, uh, n- n- other than like maybe a drummer boy in the Civil War, or something like that. And uh, he was a, 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 a Green Beret, decorated yep. Silver Star, two uh, Bronze Stars two or three purple hearts and you name it, this guy had it. And, uh, he, he, he supervised a, a platoon of, of, uh, really like tough soldiers. Uh, and this was all, all came out uh, later on, but there's such a depth, to, so much depth to the story. You got to see, it's called the giant killer. Yeah. And you yeah. see it on Amazon, uh, iTunes, uh, uh, just about everywhere except Netflix, YouTube, but, uh, Chris was on, yeah, we, I, I was on yeah. it. Yeah, I was on two. It's a, on the two. I was on two. Tubi is where the last place I saw it. It's on yeah. a lot of the free streaming stuff, and uh, I, that's what got me. Is I, I 
you know, you look at it and yeah, and I don't blame you, man. I, how, how do you not, when somebody's coming up, they're homeless. I mean, they're talking about stereotypes. Well, we all do. I, there's not one person. I don't care how virtuous you are. When the, when, when a homeless person that, that obviously has been homeless for a long time comes up to you and starts spewing, Hey, the government's after me. First thing you go, well, come on, dude. Yeah. That's right. Man, are you, you need to get some help, man. But then after all that covering up, how did then your brain, well, maybe he was telling me something, but when you're going through and you're working law enforcement, and I want to get into that too, as well, your law enforcement career, you got other stuff undercover. You've probably heard that from a few other people that were off their meds. <laughs> Man, yeah. I mean, and how do you not, how do you take that seriously and run it down? And, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, getting David on to cut, cause I'd like to talk about that as well, but with your interaction with, with him, and that was a big thing to me because I, I still am fascinated by it. And, and nobody's ever been held accountable, correct, for oh. the death. It's still nothing. Was there any investigation? I, I know I, I know I'll ask David this, but was yeah. there anything on his de- investigation on his death? That, that And people will see it on the giant killer, too. But just for, our, for our, our listeners here, anything that maybe they won't see on the giant killer that you did that you can tell our, our audience here? Well, it. it... <laughs> Every you know, David did such a good job by telling everything. Yeah, he did. He, did. he retired when this came out, and he had nothing to lose. He wasn't going to get in trouble, and he went in with uh, you know guns blazing, and and the officers that he did uh, the the two traffic homicide officers uh, that he interviewed uh, both said we were told to to stand down by the state attorney's office. Uh, the 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 person that hit him was a woman who worked in the in the. I think the homicide division for Miami Dade County. And she had had some connections uh, that I'm not quite sure of, but I heard she had some, some higher connections, some political connections. It, it left a very bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And to this day, it, it's, it's man, it's yeah, one of the still. things that gets me. Yeah. It does. And that's the weirdest thing too, is that she's worked in homicide. She was a professional. What the hell is she doing out at 4 a.m. in the morning? Yeah. I, I mean, you think a drunk drive, somebody drinking at a party, leaving a bar, leaving a strip right. club, do okay, they're gonna, but it was it was shit. What the hell are you doing at 4 a.m.? No alcohol involved, from what I understand. And well, I didn't and you know, that was the weirdest because I, I I didn't realize that we were until just a few weeks ago, like, holy shit, yeah, we were on the giant killer together. Yeah. So that's a cool tie-in. Um, I, I don't, Ian. You can jump in anytime too. But I, I want to hear you know a little bit if we could your background, so people know who you are, and then we'll get into the get into the the, the headstones and what you're doing with with the headstones, which is completely honorable. But what got you into that? But it's got to start somewhere else. It's got to start at the beginning. So what's the beginning? What why'd you join law enforcement, and and what drove you? If you can, even the little episodes talk about what drove you to what you're doing now. Yeah, well, uh, I live in here in, in South Carolina, uh, and small, small town. And I, I moved to uh, Miami. I had family down in Miami, and moved down there. My father was a police officer in Miami for many, many years. A gentleman I I, I look up to uh, very much. And uh, I never thought I was going to be a cop. Never thought. And uh, it it just became. I, I don't know if it's a genetic thing. I, I, <laughs> I, I have no idea. But I I. It was. It started off. I, I was a crime scene tech, so I started in ni- 1995, and then uh, I went to the police academy two, three, two, two years later. So 96, 
1997. And uh, it went from there. I, I spent a total of 23 years in law enforcement down in Miami. And I did everything I could. I wanted to, to dip my finger in every kind of job I could, whether it's a homicide. I did traffic homicide for 15 years, Marine Patrol. Uh, I did uh, I did SWAT. Uh, I went to the FBI SWAT Academy in 99. Didn't like SWAT too much. Um, and uh, uh, man, I, I, I was an FTO, a field training officer for, for many years, ran that unit for, for several years. And then uh, I went undercover early on in my career. And then as a sergeant uh, on uh, supervising a squad of uh, undercover officers uh, later on. And we did everything from we did a Colombian cartel, uh, uh, human trafficking, some narcotics, uh, a, a lot of gang stuff, a lot of uh, organized crime. Uh, it, it was Miami. We always say it's it's a sunny place for shady people. Very true. <laughs> and that, that's every, every Miami story. It's not the most crime ridden place in the world. It's not the it's not like a, a New York and L.A. or anything like that. But it is the craziest place on the face of the earth the weirdest i, I, I agree I, I i do always love it there but i agree with everything you're saying yeah it, it's like the, the zombie face eater guy was from, <laughs> oh that's right off. that's right i forgot about that that's right you, you just see that whole area you just see very strange stuff that you yeah. don't tend to see like i'll be honest man like when i vacation there and stuff you'll go out you'll come out of like a nice hotel and see like a perfectly dressed businessman like leaving and getting uh into a car with like a clearly transgender prostitute <laughs> like i've seen crazy <laughs> shit like that like and like just in plain sight <laughs> weird stuff like that is, is what i always come across in miami it is bizarre <laughs> to, to say the least and it's this whole it's very affluent in one one yeah. sense, especially now after after 2020 it, it's I mean, you got everybody moving down there. They're getting out of California and New York, and they're all going down there, whether they have money or not. And I came very close, as Chris knows. Not Miami. I like like Delray yeah. Beach, Boca Raton, because that's yeah. the more like uh, uh, you know chill part. Uh, that's North Miami side. now, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you got? Hey, Bobby, do you got any any? You got like the weirdest story, the 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 most odd or or I don't know what you want to call it. Just that sticks out in your head from your time there in my, cause I, I agree with Ian too. I've, I've, you know, I've spent a lot of time in Florida. I still go there. I haven't been back to Miami for a long time. It's been a few years, but when I was there in Miami or even home going farther in Homestead, which even gets a little weirder or coming back up to Deerfield beach, even in, I know it's all connected up damn near Fort Lauderdale and, and Deerfield even come up that far, yeah. but what, what's, yeah. What's your weirdest story, man? Is, do you have one? Cause so many. I know you got to have a ton of them, but just, just give us a couple. I, oh, so many uh, in Miami, man, I, I can go year by year and tell you how many just strange events. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's, and then they're all funny. It, they're all funny stories. It's not uh, like, a, I mean, yeah, you see the, 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 the blood and the guts and everything else. But the ones that I remember that really stick out are the funny ones. And some of them have celebrities in them. Some people that some, you know, politicians that we all know their name. Well, uh, talk, hey, talk shit, dude. <laughs> it's your, it's, it's, go ahead, bro. What are they going to They can come on our show. We, we'll get them on there. They can, they can say, no, I did. No, I, I love politicians. No, oh, I, man, I, I, no, I, I no, hate I, them. <laughs> I don't believe it. That's everybody that listens. Go, yeah, Tony, you, yeah, that's that you don't love. Pol I hate politicians. 
but brother, yeah, give us a man. Give us oh. something. Give us something that that. Well, I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't want you. No, yeah, uh, whatever you want to reveal. Summertime. But yeah, I I I, I love to just just one. Doesn't have to be a celebrity either. I'm just kidding you. But no, just, yeah, just yeah, just something that that it's hard to. I'm sure it's hard to make you say wow. Yeah. But what yeah. was the one story where you're like, whoa, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of story. Okay, so. uh yeah, we're going back some. <laughs> uh, so there was a I, early in my career, I worked out in the Everglades on an Indian reservation called the oh, Miccosukee wow. Indians. That's and spirit there, world out there, brother. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> there was some weird, weird stuff that went on out there that, uh, and as a small, uh, the, the Miccosukee Indian tribe, are kind of like cousins of the of the Seminoles, yeah. for lack of a better term. Uh, they're they're same. They they go, they have a clan system out there, gotcha. like yep. bear clan and water clan, bird clan. So they have a clan system. But the Miccosukees broke off from the Seminoles early 1900s, and they moved deep, deep, deep into the Everglades. So they were the first Indian tribe to have a casino in Florida. Uh, so th- all of a sudden, there's there only 400. Uh, uh, Miccosukee Indians and, and they're all millionaires overnight but so they 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 had to hire a bunch of police officers right away and that was my first well my second police officer. as a crime scene tech I was in Miami and then I went out to because they they wanted to put me through the academy I was like so I jumped on of course so you're early, early 20s 30s you're, you're young early 20s gotcha, 20, gotcha, 23 gotcha. and uh man is a fascinating place to work and uh <laughs> So two stories. One the out there. Uh, the first was uh, there. There was an. It was a, I had this kind of a good guy, really super good guy, but he was a big lazy sergeant. And there's only two of us working midnight shift at the time. Sometimes it'd only be me, at, you know. Uh, and uh, he backed up into a into a like a little enclave in the Everglades and it's kind of covered by bushes. Now that, that was a sleeping spot in the middle of the night. And you'd be like, don't do anything. You do you'd tell me, don't do anything. Go and 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 don't get in trouble and whatever you do, don't get on the radio. And uh, yeah, I'm 22, 23. I'm, I'm I just want to get in the action, but I don't this night. And uh he would he'd fall asleep between about well, 3 a.m. to about 7 a.m. and then we'd go home at about 7 30. And we're 30 miles outside of the city of Miami. We're, this is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and uh, he, he, he wakes up and uh, he, this is, we had these old, the old Nextel next yeah. flip phones. He raises me up and he goes, Hey, Bobby, I need you to come out here right away. Uh, I'm, where are you at? And he told me, you know, it's his sleeping spot. So I'll be right there. And I was out there about 10, 10 minutes it took me. And he had a, a, a body right oh maybe 30 yards from his car now it was he he backed his car up and then he kind of one of these and there's these bushes right here uh 30 yards away was this guy with with a bullet hole in his head hands tied behind his back and uh he he slept through this guy getting assassinated no what no it was a colombian hit yeah there was a guy that he he wasn't there so or maybe did the dude just maybe he just didn't see him? You think, or did he really? There was nobody. <laughs> he and whoa, well, he played the the sergeant. I'll never name him. Played it off 
as yeah, I, I was just coming back here patrolling, and <laughs> meanwhile, his, his his entire car is covered in dew or early morning dew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you see the, the windshield wiper, <laughs> the, the, everything's wet, and uh, he's like, I was back here patrolling, and I see this guy, and yeah. So, uh, it, it, but that's what happened. Miller night, they they took this guy out there. They it's still unsolved, uh, completely unsolved drug hit. And uh, but this happened all the time out in the Everglades. We'd find bodies everywhere. But he totally just slept through this guy. The last thing this guy saw, <laughs> he was on his knees. And the last thing he saw is he sees this cop car 30 yards away and just kind of guy sleeping right there, hoping, oh, my goodness, that this guy's going to save me. Nope. And it, quite frankly, he got lucky that they, the these people didn't see him. It's so dark out there. Yeah. He, yeah. So and right before that. So that was crazy to me to see that. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, you definitely confirmed something for me because that's always been like, I guess, urban legend, I guess you could say, surrounding the Everglades. I actually was thinking of these guys I watched on YouTube and I got to meet Delray Misfits. Um, and there was this guy, Big Richard, who passed away. If, if anybody knows the Delray Misfits, which was big on YouTube, you, you know, you can find it. But he he gets mad at one of the kids at the gym. This is all real life. It was not like a scripted show. And he's like, listen, you ever do this to me again? I'm going to dump your body in the Everglades. No one's going to ever find you. I'll fucking cut you up and dump you in the Everglades. And now this has confirmed that this actually happens. People do oh. dump bodies in the Everglades. All the time. All the time. It, it, this was late 90s. Uh, and so at the, the, you know, the cocaine was still flowing. It still flows to this day there, but yeah, yeah. It, 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 especially back then before cell phones and everything else. Uh, but there's also a thing and I, I experienced this now I'm going to pair, I'm going to, I'm going to let you know, I don't believe in anything. Well, well not everything. I, there, like, there's a lot uh, of things I don't believe in. Like paranormal. We're talking paranormal. This is a paranormal story. Paranormal. Right? Okay, I, right. I I dig this. I I dig <laughs> this kind of stuff, man. I, actually, sure. I I think Ian does too. We, when we oh had, yeah, when we had Scotty on the UFOs, and even I I dig. Yeah, yeah. Bring this story on. This this stuff. Okay, this man. Cool. So this was weird. Now I've told people this story, and I and and I always kind of get looked up for it. Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> True story. So I'm working alone midnight shift probably right before this this whole uh you know guy got taken out and on the side of the road there but um i'd say maybe six months before and i ended pre-internet so you don't you don't you can't just look up these things real fast on, on a laptop or a phone uh i get a call from we had a, a an indian girl named julia julia cypress and she uh maybe two in the two in the morning and she gets on the radio, and now that was her job. She she made uh, Indian beads and, and dispatched yeah. at the same time. It's great. We may maybe get two or three calls a night, and that'd be it. But they're always crazy. So she goes, "Hey, Bobby, I, I uh, if you go down the west end of the and the the reservation was just a strip, is about a three mile strip with just houses, about maybe a hundred out, about a hundred out of, of houses." And uh, she goes, "On the west end." of, of uh, the very last house on the strip. And then it turns into swamp and like uh, cypress trees and everything else. Very thick, but there's trails all back through there. And she goes, there's a, there's a Mr. Uh, whatever his name was. Uh, I, I actually know his name. And uh, is saying he, he's, he's having pro problems with the skunk ape and he needs oh, to- Oh, he's, 
<laughs> and I'm like with a skunk. Okay. So I, I go out there, I get there about five minutes and here's a, a gentleman in his yard in his, he looked like Homer Simpson when he'd wear his underwear, <laughs> tidy whities <laughs> with a broom and there's garbage. His garbage cans are all flipped over and he has a broom and you know, he starts yelling at me. Where were you? I, I, I got there fast, but I was like, well, I'm, I'm here. What's going on? And, uh, he was really upset three in the morning and he was like, this skunk ape came in and did this. And he was really <laughs> upset by it. Uh, and I was, I don't know what a skunk ape is. I heard, the, I was like a skunk. He goes, no, you dummy, a skunk ape. I, I said, sir, I don't know what that is. And it, he lived in the last house before you get into the, into the woods. And he's like, he's right back there. Shine your light back there. And I want you to kill this thing. And I'm, I, what, what am I looking for here? He's like, kid, do you know what Bigfoot is? It's like, yeah. yeah. Well, it's Bigfoot. Go get the big goddamn big Bigfoot out of my damn yard. Kill the thing. Bring him out here. I'm so tired of dealing with this thing. Now, I, I thought this was a joke. Uh, I'd never heard this before. And I'd, I'd worked out there about a year at this time. Never heard of the the skunk ape. Never heard. I No idea. <laughs> and so, sure enough, I go back in there. I'm like, oh, well, I have, you know, my big mag flashlight I have it's on my shoulder and I'm I, I, and I see movement and rustling. I don't see anything like definitive, but I see rustling and, and movement and and is something giant back there. <laughs> now, we do have black bears, not many. Yeah. We have we have panthers, not many. But he was he was like, this happens every week. I'm so tired of it. Uh, and uh, who knows, before cameras, you know, the mounted cameras on the houses there, there was nothing like that. And he, it, it scared me. I, I don't get scared often or easily, but he, he was, he said he fought this, this Bigfoot with a broom. With his broom and his tidy whitey scepter. So and so, I, I mean, I you, you think, and you think of that area of Florida, I'm like, man, this guy's not armed. Why are you out there with a broom? <laughs> Well, he was a convicted felon. And so, oh, all right, that explains it. <laughs> nice guy. Like anybody who's not a felon out there is armed. <laughs> yeah, but so I go back to the station. I'm like, Julie, what, what, what's going on here? I'm, I'm confused. And she's like, Well, there's a skunk ape, and he goes back there, and I, I've never heard of this. Well, why, why? And it's a skunk ape. It's, it's Bigfoot. She's like, Yeah, it's like Bigfoot's cousin. It's just a smaller version. <laughs> it's a smaller version. <laughs> and, and by the way. They call it a skunk ape because he smells. Yep. Now, if you've ever been around a bear, you know bear smells too. Yeah. But I did smell is a putrid smell when I went back there. It kind of lingered in the air. So I, I said, and I thought she was joking. I, both of them, I thought I was, I was being pranked. I really was. And uh, so, no, this thing has been with us, with the tribe for as long as we can remember. He's kind of a, he, he comes and goes and does his thing. And, and you know, it, it's no big deal. That's uh, cool. But he'll go through your garbage sometimes if you have a, a good deal <laughs> in there. He'll go through your garbage. So now, if you go back through the Everglades now on Tamiami Trail in the middle of nowhere, there's a Bigfoot Research Center that this guy put up, and he has videos and all sorts of stuff of of the skunk ape. And uh, I, you know, yeah. So if you're you're down that way, the the skunk ape research center, and it it it's he he is convinced that this thing exists. 
Chris, I, who I'm, is it? Who is it at Fort Scott Munitions who has the big fascination with the skunk ape? Well, is no, that, that Ryan that, Kraft? That's Ryan Kraft. That's here. That's he's our, gonna love here, this here, interview, here, there, man. There's our, that's our, yeah, that's yeah. our shirt right there. And but that's, uh, that's that's what's weird to me is that we got to tell Ryan. I got to tell is a Ryan. He he, yeah. he he owns the he owns Fort Scott Munitions, the ammo company that I, that I, I I rep in that name, and he's a friend, great friend too. But right. and they, they of course they sponsor the show, which we're giving for they they deserve all the kudos in the world, but. Ryan is a huge skunk skunk ape believer. I didn't know they went down that far in Florida because this is, I know they're in the Ozarks and I'm right on the edge of the Ozarks. So we, we're, we have the skunk ape here, the smaller cousin. Exactly. I was laughing. <laughs> I like him. I know exactly what he's talking about, but I thought the skunk apes were just up in the Ozarks and then in Tennessee. I didn't know you guys had, I thought it turned back into Bigfoot when you got back into the Everglades. Yeah. So I, you got, so, so what do you think, man? I, I still, I think there might be a skunk ape. So what do you think? You think there might be one? You didn't, and that's, but nobody's ever got a definitive picture. It's always the smell. It's always yep. a poochers, pooch, and the people up here say the same thing. And I haven't seen one. I haven't had issues. No skunk apes yet, right. but it's always a putrid smell. And they always say it's, it's a smaller cousin of Bigfoot. So, yeah. do you, so you think it was a skunk ape or you think it was just a smelly, smell a, a smelly tribe tribes back to smelly indian back there just hadn't showered in a, in a while man what do you think definitely from, wasn't from a person it wasn't a person if i had to bet on it i'd say it was a bear but i've smelled bears yeah I, i'm surrounded by bears here in in the mountains i mean they're all over the place uh one i have an outdoor shower and one took a giant dump in it the other day. <laughs> and and that smell lingers it's like when a cat pisses in your in your oh cockpit. yeah it's oh, gonna yeah. stay for years no matter how much bleach you put down there but it it was awful it, i've smelled black bears and grizzlies out in montana they have a very distinct smell this smell was way worse way wow. way way worse and uh i i i don't know I, and i had you know two people saying yeah this is this, it's a part of our tribe yeah they're like Crazy. nonchalant it's just it's just yeah does, well, does uh does ryan craft actually believe in it or is it just a fascination with him no like, I, I i mean i think we probably should get ryan on the show get his i don't want to speak for him but i i think ryan is just like me is like we we're kind of skeptical but we we want to believe you know we want to believe we want to believe it, and we we're gonna we're gonna err on the side of yeah i think there is but neither of us have any, not even close to like what Bobby has. Nobody has, we don't have that kind of proof, but we want to, it's like. If, hey, I have a feeling he would love to meet Bobby and we probably so have too, a million man. more questions than I even we so have. Too. It, yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it's just, yeah, I want to see one. And if there is one, I'm not going to be shocked. But if there isn't one and it's just something, well, I'm not going to be shocked that way either. But I want, I want to believe that there's a skunk ape. Man, Bigfoot. Somebody would have caught something on big. There's got to be a skunk ape because people always smell it. They say the same thing you just said. The smell was different, and these people it was way different. And people, you know, here in the Ozarks where we're at, or out we're in Southeast Kansas on the Missouri. Everybody's hunters out here. They know the smell of everything out here. We're small town, so yeah, that's cool. Those are okay. Good yeah, those stories, are great man. stories. Those I are mean, freaking. I didn't know how good these stories <laughs> should be. Those are. Those There's are a solid. Lot more, so. a lot I, you know, a lot of it. I don't. I don't know is appropriate or not. But <laughs> no, the, I mean those are great. So you heard Bobby Myers talk about the skunk ape and Ryan Kraft <laughs> from Fort Scott Munitions is a, uh, I guess you'd say believer in the skunk well, ape. Well, yeah, and, and if you're watching on YouTube, you. this is one of our Fort Scott Munitions shirt. We got a skunk ape holding the holding an AR-15 back there. If that tells you how much that Ryan Kraft and Fort Scott Munitions believe in skunk apes. Yes, we are believers. We want to believe there's a skunk ape. And now it, 
after Bobby's story, I I'm a believer, man. I, I, that's Is that shirt awesome. still available? You think on the website? Because I, you know, I don't know. I, I wish I could tell you yes or no. Now I, I gotta know, look real quick. It was Let's one of the see. best sellers, so I'm hoping. But I had that I don't shirt. No, I don't know. Because if that shirt is still available, you guys got to pick that up, and you'd be able to use the promo code on it. Um, let me just see, Skunk Ape. After some research, if there was like a little standby in this read here, however, Harold edits it. I, I don't see the shirt available on the site now, but are you, if you're watching, everybody at Fort Scott watches these. Bring back, yeah, say something. Hey, stuff. look at hey guys, bring back this, bring back the, the skunk ape shirt, attack the skunk ape. Yeah, because if it's it on back. the site, you guys could, could use it for the promo code. But with that, you could use you could use our promo code on their ammo, everything. Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results uh, with each pull of the trigger. Uh, you can get it anywhere if you click on their dealer locator, but you'll get a discount through us when you go to fsm.com and use the promo code BATTLELINE. So use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the, the BATTLELINE podcast fsm.com promo code battle line one word now back to our interview with bobby myers what i was going to ask you there is so um you know going on from there i i just know from your instagram account and everything you not just recently but pretty recently in the past couple of years retired and uh moved on to what you're doing now so what made you actually say this is it i'm hanging it up and you know do what you're doing now because you seem like someone with a really solid um we had what's his name on here uh surf when you can brett can't remember his last name but the navy captain we had on uh, brett crozier, crozier. He, he always says life life work balance instead of work life balance but and I, i'm just that you seem like someone with a very good life work balance and uh so yeah what made you decide to make that transition out of what you were doing for all these years and into what you're doing now and, and actually like making a huge difference oh well uh it, it's going to bring it down a little bit but it, it's it centers around ptsd okay. uh I, I had, you know, military, you know, they, they have that, you know, a tour two or three, but it's in that, that window of two, three years, you know, uh, I I'd say the vast majority, I, I Chris could probably, uh, uh, so there, there's, some, there's some, I mean, there's some of us that continue to do it for many years and there's some that it just, it's a year hard and, and, but you know, I, so yeah, you no, you're on brother. You're spot on. There's it's, it's, it varies just like with the law enforcement career it varies, man. There's right. just, some people stick it out for a couple of years. Some get 10, some get the 20 or 30 to retire. So yeah, we're in the, it's the same boat, right? Yeah. But with, with cops and I did it for 23 years, it was a slow drip. Gotcha. It was yeah. uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of cases where uh, I felt responsible where I felt where I, I'd buried friends and, and I'm, I, I, man, I, I feel guilty is that whole guilt stuff. And it ate up me. It, it really did. And, uh, but you know, a single guy, never been married, no kids. I lived right on the beach there in, uh, in North Miami beach, uh, sunny Isles area. And, uh, I was, I would go out and I would just surf. And if I couldn't surf, I'd take my paddleboard and just 
you know, paddle around the ocean or whatever I would do. Uh, but just to get mind off things. So, uh, and this is something that affected me. It affected my mood, it affected my relationships, romantic relationships, family relationships. It was just a, uh, where would you, you know, I, he'll be, he'll be okay. He just needs a little sleep or he just needs it. But I, I, I used to be the life of the party. And uh, after that slow drip over time, you just, you lost it. And I, now I would just come home and literally stare at my walls couldn't understand why but i still had surfing i, I was a big surfer I, I haven't really done it much lately but um right out the back door i'd go surfing that was that was my thing so march 23rd 2016 i was uh i was a, a tactical sergeant and i went out uh, uh it was my day off and i went out and go surfing and it's a really nice it was a good surf day uh, but a terrible swim day, rip currents and everything else. And this is at the uh, uh, Hallover Jetty, if you're familiar with it, down there in Florida and in, in South Florida. It, it's you, you could find videos of, of boats going through this jetty to get out to the ocean and just flipping over, people falling off. Wow. They actually have a camera out there now where they just put it on social media, uh, you know, all day long, weekends, jet skiers falling over and just to catch these things. So um, I, I'm out there and I'm, I'm surfing, doing my thing. And I'm, I had my wetsuit on and I, I'd taken off for the day. I'd been out there about two hours, taken off, tied it around my waist. And uh, was that kind of up on, on the pier talking to a local fisherman and who I knew. And uh, all of a sudden I hear this woman yelling back on the beach. Oh, sorry about that. And uh, she was yelling, screaming and, and just blood curling screams. And I, I looked and I see this young boy just being kind of pulled out into the ocean. So nobody there was under the age of, besides myself, under the age of 70. Uh, and so I, I left my board on, on, the, uh, on the beach and I ran down the pier and kind of J hooks. And then there's a little lighthouse and then rocks about maybe at the time it was, it was low tide. So it was about six feet down to the, to the water. And uh, I ran down the rocks and, and I, I, the, the kid was floating right to me. It was perfect. I go out and reach out for him. And uh, he goes under about three feet wow. before me. He just bloop, right under. And he pops up about three feet after me. It was just weird how it happened. And he looks at me. He goes, help me, help me. And, man, not thinking. Uh, and I, I, I was a Marine Patrol officer out there for a good three years and pulled my share of bodies out of the water and sure. in that exact location from people getting carried out. And, uh, I did the stupidest thing in the world and I jumped in after him and, uh, immediately my wetsuit filled up with water because I had tied it around. Cause my you wet. tied it around. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, you know, water's a seven pounds a gallon and it just immediately just my, my, my legs, you could feel all the water and it was a rough day to begin with, but, I had enough, I was in good enough shape to where I was able to, to get out there. The kid gave him instructions. He, he got out of the rip current and I, I but I had to go back cause I was sinking. Long story short, I got back and I, to, to this day, I, I don't know how I got back. I, 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 and, uh, rushed to the hospital and, and, uh, uh, you know, every, just like you, everyone, oh, you're a hero. You're here. No, no, no. I was just some dude, uh, that, that just, you know, was stupid. 
and uh, and luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm in the hospital and I'm crying and because I mean I saw I I was I I'd taken my last breath and uh, I you know my it was just terrible terrible the worst day of my life and I've, I had some close close calls but you never think you never think you're gonna drown I was like okay there's gonna be a bullet that catches me or there's gonna be some somebody runs a red light and kills me in the car or something like that you don't think about drowning on your day off and and something I'm very comfortable with and, and surfing. It was my it was my way to get out uh sure. of PTSD. It was the stress, yeah. Dealing right. with that 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 guilt, that guilt that you had built up for. I mean, I, that's what post-traumatic stress really is. It's it's guilt that we've let build up. Yeah, definitely. So uh I I couldn't go back to work after that. I I, I tried to. I took a few days off, went back to work, and I tried to, and it was man, I couldn't. It it was I I I was at the end of my rope and uh it, it that that near-death experience which uh, it's going to sound weird ian and chris but i think everybody should experience a near-death experience because it, it puts things into perspective all this stuff that people think about that oh it, you know, my my car needs an oil change oh i don't have time oh i gotta pick up the kids from soccer practice oh my life and i gotta cook oh yeah. all these meaningless things that not necessarily meaningless but these just low priority things that just stress people out and once you go through a near-death experience uh all that is is you learn to not life becomes a lot more meaningful well you you, you just said it before it's perspectives your perspectives thing change the the you're, you're thankful that you get to have those little worries and think man that's what i am that's why i love being at home that's why i love going to pick up my kids now that's why i love you know that's why ian here if i have a volleyball game my daughter's on hey ian we got to get off i got to go see my daughter play ball you know and then i got to go get dinner and buy it and i, I got to mow my lawn i want to mow you know it's, I, yeah. it's, it's a person it's not a stress thing that's no, not a stress thing. it's like okay. man how lucky am i to yeah. be able to do this how lucky am i to be able to be sitting here in traffic and not dying <laughs> that if somebody shooting mortars at me it, right. It, you're right you know you're spot on with the perspectives of it and you just it's not a bad thing. And, and I agree. You know, I, I'm in agreement with you. I don't want nobody to die, but I, if there was something where you could do to people that puts things in perspective where you don't sweat the small stuff, you know, that's, that's old adage. Somebody said that a long time ago. I didn't, you know, right. that, that uh, I think people would be enjoying a life a lot more. And sure. So I would be complaining all the time on the internet about right. what Kim Kardashian wore or what, trump said or what i mean who who gives a shit dude? Oh. yeah and i i brian i'm i'm with you that that's a badass story dude and i didn't yeah. know that about you that's that's incredible and the little boy though you say you, you know you got it he got back, yeah i was right? wondering did you ever get the closure of being like did he ever see you and say thank you did you ever get to meet him again yeah so uh and this ties into what i'm doing now there's all okay. ties in. okay cool but, cool uh the 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 boy he turned out to be 12 years old uh, his name's Ray, and to this I haven't talked. I haven't talked to him in about a year or two, but uh, he started following. He started following me on on Instagram too, uh, and his his family would write me. You know, they'd send me uh, cards in the mail and all wonderful, wonderful things. Uh, just wonderful, wonderful people. So the news came a calling, and I said, "I'm not doing interviews over this." I I felt like an idiot to begin with. And this is right around the time when the 
five Dallas police officers got killed uh, right. uh, back, back then, if y'all remember that. And yep, I remember that. Yep. It was a really bad time for cops. And uh, one of my one of my higher ups came to me and said, listen, man, we're can you do it's going to be a positive piece. Can you do this just 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 this once? And and I said, yeah, I mean, it, it was everyone was affected. And he's like that this news reporter a guy named Rosh Lowe out of Miami, very pro media of reporter but you don't find that often and i said i'll do it if, if rosh does it he goes yeah absolutely so rosh did the did the story and um it, and he, he turned in well you know what, what do you want to say to the kid and i was like well i hope he goes on to cure cancer but i couldn't get the kid's information because it's all hipaa laws and everything else so they rushed the kid to one hospital and they rushed me to another and uh and so the, his grandmother, who was on the beach that day, she was the one that was screaming, saw the news story, calls in, she says, I got to meet this officer. And they came as, the day after Mother's Day, they came to my station. So I did two interviews, two separate stories. One, I, I was, you know, he told, the, the reporter told what happened. And the next one, I met the, the young man and his, his grandmother. And uh, uh, it was really, it was, it was a nice thing. I, I'm not a media guy at all uh I, I was very reluctant to do it but i did it because it, at the time of what happened and everything else so uh it, it it all ended good um he's doing good he's got to be in college now wow <laughs> but um that's awesome well put put together young man i was so impressed with him and uh so they did two stories if you uh on it and and that. so but this was at the time i was kind of maybe a month or two after I was, I was just not doing good at work. And eventually I took myself out and I'd never, I'd never sought therapy before. Never. I was like, Oh, I don't need all that nonsense. I'm tougher <laughs> than that. And, and I've, I've sought out a police psychologist and her name is Sylvia and uh, who I named my, my van after. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is my second one. I had, I had another van as a Ford, e354 by four this is my second one that i sold the other one uh but i i named i named the van after Sylvia because she was like wow and she gave me the idea for this and this is where it all ties in she was an older woman uh maybe 75 at the time and she she didn't uh, she originally in the early 60s got involved with a lot of the world war ii veterans that were coming back and back then, you, you think it's taboo now. It, back then, it was extremely taboo. You didn't talk about your feelings. You yeah, yeah. came back home and you, you got married and you had kids and you worked at the factory. And you, if you're lucky to have a, a pension check and you, you swallowed all those, that, that was something you did for the greater good of the world. And, and both my grandfathers were, were veterans in the war. So I had a lot of respect for them and uh, uh, carrying on their names and everything else. But they, that's how she started. Uh, was counseling the these uh these heroes that were coming back uh or, or had been come back you know 15 20 years at this point but who were dealing with that stuff because it comes back yeah yeah definitely so, and that was when it was, it was all hocus pocus and fooey and but she helped a lot of a lot of people and uh she continued this so the world war ii veterans the eventually the korean the, vet, the vietnam veterans all through present day and uh she got turned on to, to uh, uh, helping uh, police and, and firefighters as well. Uh, and, and, you know, war on terror and, and uh, 
the 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 more recent uh, veterans. So, well, she was good, and she told me a story about one of her first uh, uh, clients, if you will. And I wish I could remember his name, and I don't. Uh, I didn't take notes or anything, but she told me that this gentleman lost all, just about everybody in in his uh, squad. You know, uh, 12, 15 people, whatever it was. Wow. Uh, and he was one of the, and he had all that guilt that we talked about. And he went around the country and overseas because some of them were, were buried over in Belgium. and uh, But most of them were, were brought back. And she said that uh, he went around to their graves years and years and years later. This has been the 70s. So they've been buried for 30 years at this point, intended to their graves and left notes and and everybody he knew, and they're, they're from Alaska to Florida and everywhere else in between, but he, that he got an RV and did this. And man, this made sense to me. And it made sense to, for a reason. I, I, I At this time, I, I would go jogging in a cemetery in Miami where a, a good, good friend of mine who lost her life in the line of duty was buried. So I'd go visit her there. And, um, but I, I, I drew... <laughs> Oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Okay. I can't see, but uh, hold on. you're right. Yeah, you're gonna. Yeah, I just hit the the thing here. Okay, I can get myself back. No, you're good, bud. All right. You well, just you gotta see us. This part. Yeah, okay. There we go. Sorry about cool, that. Cool. All right. <laughs> so, um, uh, you're jogging. You're jogging. Jog, jogging in the right cemetery. Yep. And uh, I, I I started out like you know picking up an American flag or. You know, there's there some, it's a windy day. So I'd, I'd, I'd collect the, the flowers and put them back on the, the it started that way. And, uh, and the more I spent time, I spent out of work, just exercising and, and getting mentally better and talking to this therapist and her giving me these ideas for that. Uh, I, I started looking into, because a lot of these, especially down in, in Florida and, and a lot of, you know, the Southern states, especially, that you, you get that moss and mildew and, and yeah. look on these and it, it, it gets caked into the, into the stone. And it's, it's, it takes a, a you can scrub all day long uh, and it's not going to come out. There's a certain process. So I learned as much as I could about how to, how to do these, these headstones. And there's different types of, and there's marble and there's granite and there's, you know, a bronze. So I, I learned as much as I could to, 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 because I, I would see just su- such neglect all over the yeah. place. These heroes, the, these these people that that made this world a better place. And it really affected me. But I, I said, man, I, 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 this feels good to do. And I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't. I never took pictures or video or anything like that. And I, I but I started doing it. It was, man, it was healthy. You're outside. You're, and then you look, you, you learn about these people that you're doing that. You'll, you'll look them up. Uh because we have all sorts of ways to access that information now and you, you'll learn about their lives and it, it's some of it's really fascinating uh what they did before the war or during the war or after the war or who they were and their families it, it's um uh man i tell you what it was beyond healing so i took it to the next level i retired i said i, I had enough and uh it was a good a really good decision uh i i is right before the pandemic is so january 2020 and i i pretty much like right when we started this podcast we're on like an aligned yeah yeah and, and it's at a perfect time because you don't have to worry about because you're outside 
You're outside. Yeah. I got to wear a damn mask. I don't have to. I mean, at cemetery, who gives? Nobody's going to bother me here. I I'd like running in cemeteries too because it is. It's it's extremely peaceful. Yeah. Running in cemetery. How did how did you how did you or how do you currently pick? How do you know who? I mean, do you just go online and say I'm going into this town and then or does somebody contact you now? But in the beginning, it had to be yeah. How, how did you how'd you figure it out? Who whose headstone you're going to clean? Where am I going to go to? Which town am I going to next? What what was your process on that? Unless somebody tells me, like a family member or something, because I always like to get permission from either. Of course, the yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. the the cemeteries uh, uh, that I go to, the vast majority are rural and uh, neglected. And there's so many of those. And you have the bigger cemeteries with perpetual care where there's they sure. have people out there, the paid people and everything else. And I, I, I don't go to those. Those are fun to not fun, but those are interesting to, to jog or ride a sure. bike through and everything else. There, there's several of them throughout the country. They're just, and they're gorgeous. A lot of them. Yeah. So much oh, yeah. history there, too. Um, I pick the smaller neglected cemeteries and nobody goes through and, you know, the stones are toppled over or broken. And I've, I've gotten to that level to where I'm, I'm, I'm putting together the, the stones back to where they, they should be. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, That's impressive, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, it's a, it's a, it, there's a lot of love that goes into it, uh, that the families have passed on and, 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 uh, uh don't they don't visit anymore they they never did to begin with or some people move away there's all sorts of things but those are the cemeteries i i go to now uh and uh it, it will continue to do so but most time it's just walking through it's it's walking and 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 if i see something then i'll, I'll do it I, I don't ever do it unless it's i, I don't ever pre-plan gotcha. like a particular stone or a grave um now i may pre-plan like where i'm going if i'm like one of my favorite places uh silverton colorado yeah uh if, if you're from colorado I oh yeah 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 there's they got we got some just because of what because of the west too i mean doc holidays i mean supposedly he's supposed to be buried up in glenwood springs not silverton yeah. but silverton that's where the train goes through that's got a lot of history bro tons of history and it's actually well, nowadays, Colorado's changed a lot, my friend. Uh, yeah. It ain't Colorado. <laughs> All the people from California moved to Colorado. And unlike Florida, their governor in Colorado is a Californian type person. <laughs> so Colorado. But yeah, go ahead. I, we, I don't want to get into that. I don't want to yeah. sully the story. But yeah, Silverton is a beautiful place. But the, yeah, it's, 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 it's tons of history up there. Yeah, talk about that. That's yep. that's. That, that western slope of colorado is different though it, well, that, that it, state, it, right down the middle you, you got your east and it, you're right you're right the rocky mountains it, once you get through glenwood springs it, it get past there it changes the western because it, it, it's farmer it's rural it's still farms it's still rural it's still it's still as best it can be close to colorado and you know my family's still in grand junction and that's and i you know yeah. i grew up i grew up spent a lot of time there it's still a wonderful place but silverton so you're coming from South Carolina all the way up to Silverton. You're driving all the way to Idaho. I've I've been I haven't been to Washington or Oregon. I've been to California, but I I've done I think thirty states wow. where I've 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 done a a, a a a restoration at least one. What what um, what makes Silverton your favorite? I mean, what 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 about it? What and and which can you tell what's is it? Which cemetery is it there in Silverton? 
it's the only one there. It's called Hillside Cemetery. Now it's Silverton. Okay. It's if, if, you, if anybody hasn't been there, it, it's still very old West. It is. It's, a, it's old mining town capped yeah. these beautiful mountains that just surround it. It's like in this bowl surrounded by mountains and it's not easy to get to. No. Uh, you get a lot of curvy roads and no nearby airports and everything. And in wintertime, it all closes down. I had a friend out there uh, I've known for, for a long, long time. She's like, come on out. And, and her father was from there. So she moved from Miami to back to Silverton. And, and so I went out there to visit and uh, I stayed in her driveway in my van. It was, it was really great. Uh, and I wound up falling in love with Silverton. It was, and I'd been through there, but I didn't really explore before. And uh, it's, it's just, it's you, you step into a time warp. Yeah, you. Uh, people are friendly. Uh, it, it's a very laid back place. It's a very local place, unless you're doing some extreme like sport kind of thing, like mountain climbing or, or four by four and up in the mountains. There's no reason to really go there. Uh, although the train goes from Durango to yeah, the, the Durango Silverton, that's a but that's it's they, they still try to make it like the old West train. It's it's, it's an event. I mean, they, right. they church it up, and you know, I I know, yeah, I know all that that area. Yeah, keep going, bro. I, I'm oh. bringing back some memory, high school memories because <laughs> we used to play Durango and Cortez when I was oh, in high yeah. school. So we were always down in there. Yeah. I was in Cortez last year. That's that's funny. So uh, the up, so you have the town, and they have the old town square, and they. They have the old, it's not, you know, uh, uh, prostitution was legal back then. I think it still may be for all I know, but they have the old <laughs> brothels there and, and, and uh, it, everything's made of wood and that wood lasts out there because of the climate. But up on this hill, right outside of town is the cemetery. Okay. And man, you talk about some of the coolest history up in the, that little cemetery. Uh, and it, 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 out West, it's weird. They, they, they have their, their headstones and it will be like you know joe johnson uh, born 1857 died in 1912 and it tells how they they passed it's like died of influenza or died of one guy it says uh died died on the privy in the pool hall uh it, it it's it's one it was a, a brothel girl died of chlamydia uh, I mean, it's awful to like that. That's on your headstone, but it, it's up there in, in Hillside Cemetery. So it, and that's a Western thing, too, because they do that in Nevada, too. Uh, they tell how these people died, shot by the sheriff, killed by Indians. And it's really fascinating. Um, and it's beautiful, too, because you, you're looking down on this town uh, with these mountains and everything else. Really, really cool spot. So. Back to what I was saying, the, I, I went out and, and I've done, I think, 30 states, if, if not more. And I'm, I've restored approximately 920 wow. uh, 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 graves and, and headstones, mostly veterans, mostly, uh, uh, but a lot of children, too. Children didn't really live. There's like one out of five children died at, before 10 years old, before like 1950. Uh mostly of diphtheria or, you know, the, the common cold sometimes. And uh, so the, the children mortality rate, you go into any cemetery that's older than, you know, 1950, and you'll see just, just half of it's filled with children. It's a, uh, yeah. So I've done a lot of children's graves because, you know, their parents have passed. Or, uh, 
so it, it feels good to do that too. So I've, I've done, I've done, of here in South Carolina, uh, one of my favorites was a, an emancipated slave uh, named Dudley Talley. And man, it was, that was a, that's still one of my favorite uh, graves that, that I've done. And his story is fantastic. Uh, he was a, a slave born in 1800 and he was sold and sold and sold, but he saved, he wound up saving all his money and bought his, his freedom. And, but and he gave it to his son instead. So his son, who was like 30 years old at the time was uh, he purchased his freedom for the son. His son wound up dying a year later <laughs> at 30 years old. So wow. he had to work and work and work to get, you know, and he, I guess he kind of borrowed some money on credit, which was unheard of at the time. And uh, he, he after the, the war, after the Civil War, he was freed uh, then. But he, he gained his freedom before then. And he was able to purchase a, a lot of land and employed people and everything else. And at his uh, funeral, it says in the, the local paper that uh, uh, like a thousand people should have both white and black. And they all came together. Because this man was so respected, born a slave, and and, and here he was at when he he passed away at seventy two years old in eighteen seventy two. He employed a hundred people, you know. It was just fascinating. But his 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 headstone was completely black. Couldn't read whose name was it. Nothing. And it it took about six months to, to clean that one. Wow, it's one of my favorite ones. But you learn about these people and uh, their life stories and everything. And I tell you, any thoughts of any PTSD or past trauma go right out the window. That's cool. How how do you pay for this, bro? I feel like me asking, is it out of your own pocket or do you get some donations or anything like that? I don't, that, I don't accept donations. It, that, I've had people, uh, but I don't, this is something I, I do. And, uh, and, and the reason I ask, cause I didn't, you said six months, you said it took me six months to restore. Holy shit. You, yeah. So you're you're on site for six months, or do you, if, if it's a place that you that I mean you have to be because if you're going all the way to Idaho, it's not like you can pick up and yeah. go home. So you're you're there for that. You're there for six days to six months to to longer. That's incredible. That, and I'll go back sometimes uh, out west. The, the 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 stones out west tend to do a lot better because because the, the climate is dry. It's just just right. that why because not as much humidity it's it's drier right. okay got you got you there's still some ones that are broken off and uh uh that by the older cemeteries that you know they they there'd be uh the stones crumble out there gotcha gotcha uh, so you put them back together uh and uh but most of the time out here out east uh the, you get all that the fungus and in the, and the the uh, the mold and mildew and mold and mildew. yeah and it you you spray a solution in there i'll get to that if, if uh, i'll tell you which solutions sure. to do yeah yeah of course man yeah go ahead we, we still got 10 15 minutes till i got about till i gotta go get my <laughs> go, go go get my son yeah right, so um uh but you, it it takes time that the, the solution needs to soak into the stone the stones are porous so that solution goes into the stone and it's wor it works its cleaning magic over over time, depending on how how bad it's soaked in. So sometimes it only takes a month. Sometimes it takes that day. You can knock it off, and it, sometimes it's just on the surface. Uh, but like your marble, your white marble, uh, that that gets really really porous. So it'll take. I've had things take a year and a half 
but it comes out eventually it comes out as 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 wide as a piece of paper um where it's brand new you'd never know it um and most time you you can't even read the names on there and it's just covered with with so much stuff and it it crystallizes after a while or solidifies so it's it's a matter of just getting in there letting the, the the process take place and it's it's a it's a waiting game but um the so people ask me all the time you know what do i use i use it's a, a solution i'm not they don't pay me anything like that but it's a very safe solution it's called d2 um and that that's what you you put on the, it's safe you know for for anything like grass or anything around the stone it's safe for the stone it, it's there's no bleach or anything like that and it, it's it's not not chemist it's a solution the water-based solution it takes some time but it works uh now people i've seen people put bleach on it bleach will work but it will kill the stone gotcha. it'll, it'll 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 turn it white but it'll, it it's it's going to crumble it, it, these yeah. things these stones are supposed to last 10,000 years you'll you'll be lucky to get 50 years after if you put any kind of chemical on it on something like that you, you'll permanently damage it uh so don't use anything uh, uh metal or metallic off uh, just just a soft bristle and water and and a lot of times i just use a like myers hand soap uh and and water mix that's all you need um and a little time and patience and but the d2 is what gets the, those stones that are really really tough to get but if you're going, you're going out for your family or something like that take a little soap and water mix a little ph negative uh or, gotcha. or pH neutral and uh, mix it with water that'll do the trick all day long man d2, this is d2, one of those d2 need, yeah d2 needs to yeah pick hey d2 you need to pick <laughs> up bobby myers man. he's out there using your product all over around the country no, that's, yeah. that, that's cool. That's cool. Stuff, no, uh, what I was going to say, though, is, is like, man, this is just such a and it's rare. I feel like like a positive social media story because yeah. I wouldn't know about this. Yeah. And a lot of these people who you're commemorating, we wouldn't know who they are. We wouldn't know their story and their amazing stories. And I know for you, like this page, which is once again, our uh, underscore heroes, underscore headstones on Instagram it's not about you, you know, th- this is not something to commemorate to, uh, to make, um, you, you know, famous yourself. Th- this is all about the memories of these guys who have passed, like, as you said, in some cases in the 1800s and their families are long gone, mm-hmm. they're long gone, but they're, I mean, if there is an afterlife, man, they're looking down at you with pride because yeah, the, these headstones would be gone with without you. We wouldn't, as you said, they would be unreadable, and now they are memorialized that if someone walks through these places, they're going to see the name. And now with modern technology, as you said, they could Google and they could learn some amazing stories of, of true heroes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just regular folk too. Um, I mean, every, everybody has a story. Everybody has a life story, whether they, they were, you know, a, a farmer for 80 years or, or if they, you know, uh, you know, uh, raided Hitler's, uh, uh, Eagle, you know, yeah. Uh, everybody has a story, and and man, I'm I'm a big believer in in, in you know you having a lot of uh, dignity when you die, uh, and I, I learned that when I was a cop. Uh, and it, people are are forgotten really really quick after they die, uh, and and then you know the old saying you know what's it going to matter in fifty years? It's because you know nobody's going to remember you. 
but it, it uh I, I started doing this. I, I didn't want to do it. I, I People are like, oh, you should do a, a YouTube. And I, I am on YouTube as well. I haven't done anything recently. Uh, but I, I tell the people's stories a little more in detail on YouTube. Uh, instead of one-minute videos, I'll do a 10-minute video. Sure. Is it just uh, Our Heroes Headstones? Because I feel like uh, Harold could probably show some of that footage as we're talking about this. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, it, it's uh, uh, both on YouTube and and uh, uh, uh instagram and uh i'm on tiktok too and i, I i'm a very anti-tiktok guy very anti-tiktok so i have to sign yeah. up under mickey mouse like i, I it's like i don't want these chinese no no my meaning are the same we, well, i mentioned it on the last episode it. i have um i have a separate phone because i do tiktoks for adam for my other job at nidus but i do see the appeal because we have videos that Adam has done, man, that have 200,000 views. And yeah. it does become very tempting. I'm like, uh, Battleline is on there. We can do I, really, yeah, but I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting on there. I don't, I, but I've, I've, I would look like such a hypocrite. I've talked so much shit about TikTok on this podcast and I didn't even want to have it on the burner phone, but the burner phone does not have my location on, does not know who I am. So I'm like, all right, this is part of my job, but yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I do see the appeal. I hate uh, who runs it and, and all that, but it's, it's extremely good technology i can't lie about that because it, it gets the word out a lot quicker than instagram i've noticed yeah i've, I've had millions of views i have i've about 75 76 000 people that follow me on there and that's, the that's reason awesome is, man that's huge yeah. that's awesome man yeah I'm, I'm, I'm and it's not about gaining followers i could care less i mean i'm sure they're yeah. wonderful people but i wanted is to put that information about how, number one how to do this properly to where you can restore something where you you're not damaging it I've, I've been to so many i've seen so many people damage something uh, uh just not knowing this information so the more information is out there on how to do it properly that's number one number two is to tell these people stories especially our our our, our war heroes and and our veterans and people that that sacrificed uh their mental health or their lives even uh it it it's it, that's important to me and uh, I was very reluctant to do this for a long time. And a friend of mine said, man, why don't you do it just, just to put out the information I did? And it caught on. And, uh, I, but I, I, I don't, I, I couldn't look myself in the mirror if I ever took a dime from anybody. It, it, this is like, I, I've had sponsors, if you will, reach out. Sure. And I, I won't do it. I, this is something I do just for myself. I don't accept gas money or anything like that. I don't, I'm not monetized. I don't. I refuse to do that, uh, especially on TikTok. <laughs> like yeah. I, I signed up as Mickey Mouse, City of <laughs> Orlando. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, so well, well you're mental. You're you know, it's 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 a mental thing. You know, yeah. if you're if you're if it helps your mental state, that that's priceless. And there's a lot of, you know, you said you followed me for a lot of years on my stuff. Well, if you have, you saw when I. I basically nuked everything I had because of my mental. It was the social media was, yeah, it was great money wise. It was helping me on things, it's, but my, I was going downhill fast. And and social media is is the devil's. It is. I it is. I know we use it on battle line. I am being a hypocrite because we definitely use it on battle line. We definitely promote, but it is. It's it's the devil's playground. And and if you let yourself get wrapped up into that, especially people like yourself that never wanted the spotlight you wouldn't have been undercover if you wanted it you wouldn't have gone law enforcement if you you wouldn't have jumped in to try to save that boy if you wanted to be in the spotlight you know we're not built for it so 
you're doing it the right way. You're doing it and you're doing it because it, it's helping people, but you're doing it slowly. And if it's building, well, it's building because you're doing it with integrity, not because I want to be famous. And that that's, that's important, brother. So I, I mean, I, I think you're doing great things. And I think on the social media side of the house, in my opinion, just from going down that road where I did it the wrong way the first time, and I had to nuke everything to restart it, to you're doing it correctly. Yeah, you're doing it correctly, man. And uh, and I said the headstones and all that. Remember, you are a hero, dude. You saved, uh, you saved a boy. That's uh, you have to say. I'll say it for you. You are a fucking hero. You saved a boy, and you almost gave your life for that. I I understand that. I I believe me. I understand that feeling, and I I get chills for you, and I get chills just getting to talk to you about that because that that that's hard to do. It's hard to. It's hard to jump in the water, right? It, it literally, it's hard to it jump in the water to to save someone, and and you're still out there, dude. You're still out there making a difference. And the kids' headstones. That's, I didn't know you did that. I thought it was just veteran. That, that's that's extremely honorable. Kids are our angels, man. They they, they really are. They really are. It 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 feels just as good to do a a, a small child's headstone. Yeah, they had the little right. lambs on there, and uh, it, it's it's a really I always feel really good about those. And I, I don't post those a lot. It's, I, I get you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. I'll be right. I, would, I wouldn't either. No, that's, that's for you. you no, we don't, there's enough. No kids. We, we, we put our kids out there. Kids are out there to you be used. In my opinion, a lot of people use them for their own self gratification and kids aren't kids are, I said, they're angels. They're virtual. Although in, in this case, it's like these, these are kids who would probably be like 80 years old at this point. Right. I mean, but, I, I, when yeah. you, I, I feel the same way. I think I, I, and Bobby, I, I don't mean to speak for you. I'm, I mean, I'm, I know when I see a kid's headstone, a child's headstone, it's, it, it you they're just so it's, it's, you don't want to, you don't do anything. You just want to, you just want it. Let them be kids. You know, even today, just let kids be kids. Even if in their resting place, just let them be kids and let them. I imagine they're playing somewhere, even with their headstones right there. And no, we don't need any pictures. We don't need to do anything with them. Yeah. So I, I don't know what. Maybe I'm way off course, brother. I don't know. Maybe what your thoughts when when you do see that little lamb on a headstone, or you see the, you know, the flowers and the pictures of some of those that are some of the headstones that do have, maybe more ornate. I, I don't know. I, I, I'd have a hard time doing that. I think I'd break down crying just to cleaning up the headstone of a, of a young child. The, the uh, there it's, there's sometimes it, it, it does. It definitely touches me. I don't, I don't have, I have two beautiful nieces. They're young. They're uh, uh, five and seven who I just, they're, they're, you know, the apple of my eye, but uh, I, <laughs> it, it would touch me more. You know, if I had kids, I'm sure it, I'd even get more of a feeling, but, it the uh I, yeah it, it's a private thing when i do a child's headstone and some of them are 150 years old wow the vast majority are before 1930 that i've done and these you know their parents are long gone their grandparents are, are if they had siblings they're they would be 200 years older now it, it there, there's a lot of there's so many children next time you go to buy a cemetery you'll you'll take notice but how many and there's headstones are usually smaller that back smaller. there yeah. and sometimes there's entire children's sections in in a uh, uh cemeteries i've i've done a few of those where i've i've done the entire section of 30 or 40 um 
and uh it's it's a it's a yeah you feel special because nobody nobody's there to to take care of them there's no you know plaque saying you know that what they did in life because they they didn't get experience it so uh it's 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 real special to do and i i, I appreciate your words uh, chris that means a lot oh no I, yeah. I i mean it truly it's it's and speaking of children you know i got my I got my, 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 uh, my, my daughter, my son that, she, that I got to go grab here from school. And I still got, I got one kid that's, that's out paying for his college right now, paying for some of it. He's doing well, but I still got two young youngsters that, so it does. It, I, I, that, that means that that speaks volumes of your character, which you already thought highly of you anyway, man. But I mean, now even more so. So yeah, bye. Th thanks for, and thanks for being candid on that. That was, that's pretty awesome. I really appreciate that. It's, yeah. it's my pleasure. Now, before you go, I, I'm going to say you got to have David Usick on your on. on yeah, the we need David. I there's Ian can tell you there's like four people, uh, Colonel Gadsden that we need to get on. Kirk and Whipple his, from the USS Cole will get yeah. Colonel. And then now Usick, because David is like, how the hell did I not? <laughs> We're 200 and some shows in and like, man, we should have had these guys on guys on in the beginning. What the hell was I thinking? But. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll, we'll get them all. I know Ian's like, damn it, Chris. We're already two months back. We're already two months backed up. And then Quit there's the shows, you know, that, that you can't do it. I'm not going to have these guys on by myself. That's why it's like a lot of the guys I have yeah, on it, when it's just me or like a lot of the rock guys, a lot of, yeah. <laughs> but no, David, will we'll get David on because I do want to talk more about. Yeah, Giant we'll do it. It's just, that. it is crazy. People don't realize. And I think a lot of people think I'm avoiding getting them on the show or something, but it's like, we only do this once a once week, a week yeah, and then we yeah. do some guest free shows. So that only adds up to, you know, 30, 40 people a year. We kind of have to be somewhat selective, but I will tell you this, man, um, Bobby didn't reach out to me. I saw Bobby's page and I was like, this is a pretty cool story. A lot of the people reach out to me and just don't get a chance to, but I was like, we got to get this guy on. And I'm absolutely, um, thrilled that we did yeah great, so, great talk bud great talking and, and then he knocks quit. his camera and over the moment the moment of thanking him <laughs> can you hear me though bobby i i, I can hear you yeah <laughs> okay cool yeah that's like the time to wrap up thing but uh it's uh so at our underscore heroes underscore headstones on instagram our heroes headstones on uh youtube and then go see the giant killer check it out wherever it's streaming but definitely an honor having you on. As I said when we started the interview, I mean, truly, you're you are doing God's work in a way that not all not I don't know anyone else who's doing what you yeah, are, and that's why that's why I introduced him that way because I think life is too short for sure when people live in regret and they're like, man, I should have joined the military, I should have done this. If you didn't do those things, there are so many things you could do now, like you're doing, where you it could be therapeutic or it could just be something that that you feel is great about giving to others so i thought this was a really encouraging episode for anyone out there who does live in regret and feels i didn't do this while i could well there are things that you still can do what you you're going to be doing this i already know when you're 70 and you're 80 you, you know you, there's no age limit to what you're doing so thank you so much man oh it, it's it's a pleasure and and it's an honor to come in and and, and speak with you and I, you know, I, I one one more thing before we close off. Sure. I, when I first took off to to on this journey to out west and north and south and everything else, I, I listened to your podcast like crazy. Okay. Oh man, that's <laughs> awesome. Road, I I never thought I'd be on, but I, I'd, I'd be on the road just listening. I'd listen to you. That's guys. so cool because when you followed us, I was like, all right, maybe you just saw the page from some viral posts. <laughs> no, I, you no. never know. So 
I've been following you for since, since the early days. That's oh, cool. What's your that's cool. out of curiosity? Cool, what's your favorite episode that we've done? This one. I've got, <laughs> I mean, I, do you uh, do you have you one? Had, yeah, no, it's actually a, a semi recent one. You had a police officer. I can't remember his name. Uh, who, who was on? Chris wasn't on. Uh, but well, he that's why, that's why you liked it because if I was, no. I was <laughs> he he was a he he put a lot of cool like I I I. The, the, oh, the, are you thinking of uh, Matt Waters, the most recent Matt Waters one? Yeah, yeah. He, Matt's been on three times. Three yeah, times? Three times, yeah, at this point. Yeah, he what, was what? only on, I think he was on once or twice with Chris, right? And then another time with just it, me. It, two, the last one was, the last one was without me. Yeah, Matt, yeah. But, and Matt, yeah, Matty's awesome. And Matt, you know, Matty was my old, you know, he was the old team leader when I was at Range Battalion. Yeah. So, so yeah, so yeah, I, I can see, Matty's a character, man. Yeah. He's a he yeah he don't need me he he's he's a character in his own right and now i, he, I, yeah. I enjoyed his his uh every i only heard the the two but my, i know he's because he, he, he talked about the savannah bananas which are yeah down yeah, yeah yep uh, that was so on the episode without chris so yeah that is the most recent one yeah yeah and uh man i i i enjoy listening to him he he was he was really fantastic uh and, and what an inspirational guy too man i mean he's yeah. not down about his leg injury he does acknowledge like there's certain things that i can't do that i wish i could do in terms of you know his work as a police officer but i think you know he keeps it real he does have his days for sure where he feels down on himself and he he admits to that but i think like the inspiration behind a guy who has lost his limb in combat and still manages to smile and find meaning and purpose in his life i I mean i'm i'm moved by for sure Yeah, it'd be really positive. And, and, uh, man, I, I, both times I was blown away. I'll have to, to find the third one, but just blown away about it, uh, you know, the, what he's done, his sacrifices and his attitude, whether it's in combat or, or as a police officer. I believe it's in Washington State. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was yes. for the longest time up in Tacoma. And yeah. that's, a, that's hard from what I understand. I have a couple other buddies that used to work up there that quit as well. And, they just tell me the morale up there up in Washington. It's just hard to be a cop up there because they just don't imagine. have you don't have any backup. And then the the community support. And you know, I don't live there anymore. I'm speaking with through them, and I, maybe I'm way off, but I do. All of them have quit, so oh. it's it's got to say. And all of them were you know all of them were Rangers up there, so they'd already spent a lot of time. With it. So it wasn't like they just moved to Tacoma. They they'd have their lives there. Yeah. So yeah, and but yeah, Matt, that's that's cool. What you say, Matt. And Matt, he's building guns now. He's built guns for Daniel Defense, and and you know he hits me up when I hurt my leg. He's like, "Dude, you okay?" I'm like, I, and he, he's making me feel like a big. He's like, "Are you kidding me? I still got my leg." He's like, "I know, but you can get to your your motive." He's like, "You're motivating me with your like, how the hell am I motivating you? You motivate me because you're getting around. I I'm all I got to do is rehab my shit. You, you're getting with this with a metal leg walking around. So he's." He's still my idol, man, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I, he was somebody I looked up to when I was a untapped private there at Second Ranger back because he was, he was, he, you know, I wanted to get to where he was at. So that's cool you say that. We get off this yeah, call. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna be him like too. Matt. You have to listen to the next episode because <laughs> I think he'll he'll really be honored in hearing that because he's oh, yeah. not a guy who uh, puts himself out there that much. He's definitely not a celebrity, but I think he inspires a lot of people. So and he's he's like you, Bobby. He yeah. he really is. He he's like oh. you, dude. Just you don't have a choice. You're going to be a little bit of a celebrity. You, 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 that's just part of it, but doing what you're doing. But in the end, he's like, yeah, fuck. No, I'm not. I'm just, right. I, I just want to go build guns and go hang out and drink whiskey off my porch. And that's, that's <laughs> what he wants to do. 
Yeah, but yes, this was awesome. I I, I really, you know, I, I really appreciate it. And and the other stuff that we didn't know. I think thanks for being candid on that. That was and the skunk ape story. That's yeah. <laughs> and, and it's so not right. an urban legend that no. <laughs> bodies do get dumped in the Everglades. Oh man, no. That's a, that is true stuff. True stuff. <laughs> well, well, God bless you, brother. And and uh, I said we we I gotta run, but um yeah, man. I, you know, if you're ever come the come the way of of southeast Kansas, you know, down in that Joplin, Pittsburgh, Kansas area, you're doing any headstones down here, just you know, we'll, you got you got our contact. Hit me up, and and I'll I'll, I'll meet you for coffee or something, brother. Absolutely. I, I was there about six months ago. Well, good. Then you it means you're in the area every once in a while. When you come back through, and if I'm home, yeah, I'd, I'd love just to meet you and shake Absolutely. your hand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And and one last thing, you know, I was talking to Dave a few days ago, and he said that uh. So much stuff has come out after this documentary that wasn't in the, you know, and I'm sure he can come on there and, and just tell well, I, you so much more. Well, it took your questions. It, I can. It, it did. It took like five years for, I mean, we did it and then it had, didn't come out for three or four years. So he was trying to get it cleared and then it came out. Yeah. And it was all over the place. In fact, I was getting Google alerts all the time for, Hey, because of my name popping up for the giant. I'm like, Holy shit. We, I did that back in 2016. And now, so, but I, I love Dave, man. He and he, I was with you too, five hours to, to get five minutes on the I'm with you too. Like, really, dude? I'd sit here for five hours so I get five minutes on the jug. But that's TV for you. That's Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Great, great talking to both y'all. And, and too. if you're ever down this way, uh, we're not like the, the folks in Deliverance. We're, we're, we're actually really cool, <laughs> really cool people down here. So, you always have a place to come on down and, Thanks, and bud. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch with both of y'all. Thanks, Thank Bobby. Thank all right, you. be safe, bud. That's all for this episode of Battleline Podcast. But we're always posting new content on social media. Follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. That's an order. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes up every Tuesday. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. Believe in yourself. Face all challenges head on. And as always, never quit.